Welcome everybody once again to the Low Key Podcast. We are really, really excited here today to bring you a special episode on something we never thought would happen, a show about Wu-Tang by Hulu. Uh, so I am one of your hosts, Aaron, coming out of Nashville. And then we're also coming from Dallas, Texas, we have Mr. Keith Denny. How you doing, sir? Good. How's it going? Pretty, pretty good. And also, Tim out of Hollywood. How's it going? I'm actually in Shaolin. No, I'm in Hollywood. <laughs> Sorry. Oh man. Yeah. You know what? I I see. See. Maybe you should have done the introduction. You you were, you're more in the vibe already than I am now. That's perfect. Uh. So man, it's it, that's that's the right vibe to have though. Like and and I mean Wu Tang is a to those who have listened to their music. I mean they were definitely like just out of this world. They they were doing things that were. Just not seeing, not just from a sonic sound, but also just really embracing like an, an, the the East in a way that we hadn't seen. I mean, it had been inspiring people and, and particularly African-Americans and all kinds of different sets of pop culture. But they really put a, a gangster vibe to it, which was totally different. And the show is trying to show some of that, too, which is really cool. Uh, up to this point, I believe each of us has watched at least two episodes. Uh, how, how many have you watched, uh, Tim McKeith? I watched two. I think I've watched all of them. I'm up to date. So I think so it's that's five? or is it five? So four I watched, I think I watched five then. Okay. And Tim, how many you got three so far? I feel like this answer I'm telling on myself, I have watched one and a half episodes of Wu-Tang one and American a half. Saga. <laughs> no, no. So no, the reason I was asking is that kind of informs, I think, I think for me, honestly, it's kind of weird because when I had no, I have all of them to just watch. Sometimes I just sit through and watch them all. Sometimes when I feel like I'm limited to how much I can watch, it's kind of impacting my ability to binge it or want to binge it. Uh, but I don't know. So what have you guys thought of it so far? Like from from what you've seen, like I actually thought the beginning was actually kind of jarring. I didn't know what to make of it at the, at the, the first Ten minutes. Like, what kind of impression did that guy did that leave on you? So, just to kind of set the scene for um, those of us who, who have gone through it so far, um, you don't know who these people are yet, but um, you get two people in a car who are running up on uh, some folks in an apartment project, and inside of that that apartment, you see um, a guy taking care of two kids who um, have some disabilities, unable to like move without wheelchairs. And his mother's there too. Um, and she's been drinking quite a bit. She's like passed out drunk. And they saw shooting up the apartment. Somebody didn't know exactly which apartment to shoot up, which is kind of this whole other hilarious thing. But then um, they end up, you know, not hitting the kids. The guy goes to go hide his machine gun at a friend's, at a, uh, a friend's house, um, stashes, stashes the gag, and then roll the opening sequence and i was like why does oh and you know what I, i'm sorry like as he's stashing it also the friend of his is like you know up there trying to like mix some music up and, and make some beats and then he starts like kicking some some you know some lyrics and and it's like boom and i'm like i don't know i kind of don't want to like the talented dude who just starts shooting up you know at a place where it was handicapped kids it's a very confusing thing because you definitely sympathize with the guy who's taking care of, I guess, his two relatives who are both in wheelchairs and are special needs. And it's real hard to sympathize with the dude who shot at them. But then you hear him flow and you're like, oh, it's pretty good. And it just yeah, messes, but I, messes I don't know. It's weird. 
it's it's also kind of like one of those things and where you obviously know that the the guy shy who who shoots up the projects he doesn't know who's all in the house he's just trying to shoot he's just trying to kill um Dennis it's just a straight up drive by so but, but, you no know, I mean, does he know or does he not know? Because I'm just saying, at that point, we don't know. No, nah, he doesn't know. I mean, he knows where he lives. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to say any of that for certain at that moment. Where, where he lives, but it just shows, like, how, I guess, disconnected people can be, you know, when they're in those particular situations and where, like, all, all I know is that we got to take this, we got to take him out. That's it, you know? So, it, you know innocent people get shot or whatever that's, that's just there's nothing that he's really concerned about at that moment a, but then so I find out like later on that dennis did some things which is kind of understandable and why some people want to kill him mm-hmm. so it's like a, a circular thing of, of, compl- of violence it is kind of funny it could almost be like a really like dark skit about how you demonize your enemies and you're just like, he's the worst guy ever. And then he's in there like feeding these kids who are in wheelchairs. Like he's actually the best guy ever. But in your mind, you've built him up to just be like this terrible antagonist. You know, what's so weird though is I'm pretty sure there's Ghostface Killer. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there's Ghostface Killer. My my interpretation, and I'm going to stress that it's an interpretation, and I think we're all on the same page, is that the guy who shoots the place up, Shaw, is going to turn out to be Raekwon. Uh, the guy who's taking care of the kids is Ghostface, and the guy who's really good on the ones and twos is the RZA. <laughs> the RZA. Yeah, is that that's what's going on, right? That's definitely the RZA. That's definitely the right order. Yeah, okay. that that's my understanding so far. But the the thing that's kind of it's really weird because like, okay, I'm just skipping like the idea that these are real people for a second, right? And well, okay, as in, okay, I'm I'm in my head. I'm just trying to watch a show away from the mythos of what is known as the Wu Tang. Because no matter how you look at it, any of these stories to some degree are fabled to some degree. Like they're not like following exact real life events. You know what I mean? Um, with that being said, though, the way the story's presented to us is kind of strange because. Even as we see Dennis uh, doing the things he's doing at the beginning, like they make him out to be a sympathetic figure early. Now, you understand, like, he's bloodthirsty to some degree about what's happening. And they always say, like, we're doing what we're doing, trying to get some keys to support the family. Right. When you say Dennis, obviously, you also mean Ghostface, also known Mm -hmm. as Iron Man, also known as Tony Stark. I mean, as we all know, we all know all these nicknames. As we all know. Yeah. Okay. So it's Tony out there trying to get these keys. The thing that that actually ends up being a little jarring is that the script really starts to forget the sympathetic parts of him. Like they do like that really basic thing of like once by the time you get to end the episode two, he's already hit the thing of, well, the original Kingpin gets locked up. Let me go out and kind of blow the money take out the girl who I like and be like, yeah, baby, like, you know, we were out here where the white people don't want us. Wait, do you mean all of Staten Island? (laughs) Yeah, when Riz's brother gets locked up. Divine. Yes, when Divine gets locked up, 
he tells them, you know, y'all got to do what y'all got to do. Y'all got to take care of stuff. They go out, they buy some keys. They put it in this one house. Uh, they burn a fiend up. He end up snitching, saying where all the product is. They burn up the house where everything is. Not just the product, but the money. So the thing is, they, they ran through a lot of things really, really fast as far as, like, the, the typical, here's what happens when you make it big too quick, blah, blah, blah. But, like, they kind of skip all the sympathy built up earlier for everybody else. And in in general, it was kind of interesting because there's just a lot of tropes that they were using. You see a lot in, like, black cinema for, like, art or artsy kind of things or things following musicians. I want to come back to those things. I feel like I'll be talking for a while if I get into that. But, like, general impressions, Keith, like, what did you think of the show up to this point from what you've seen? Um, I think that is um overall. If you're just watching something, I think is a a fairly entertaining show. One thing I will say, and I will admit, I really don't know much about the Wu Tang Clan. I just know it's a whole slew of them. Um, I know that <laughs> they named themselves after kung fu characters, and and I only know like a few Wu Tang songs. So when I'm watching this. Just like you said, like it's, it's hard to tell what is real and what's like extremely fabricated because it is the equivalent of like watching a, I don't know, like listening to a rap song but actually seeing it being played out um, by by these particular characters. Mm-hmm. So, but, but overall, I think it's a pretty decent show. Um, when you were saying like certain tropes that they have, what what were you referring to in particular? <sighs> Uh, like Riz is the exceptional Negro, like walking around and stuff will happen where, uh, hey, everybody else is like involved in these things and I don't want to be involved in them, but here I am. So when they're out at the park and the, the old man is in there uh, playing chess with with Rizza and, and you know and he's like you know are you really like these guys or not and he's like well no like it's not really my thing and like it's weird because he 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 wants to to like be among the folks he's with and at the same time he see he wants to like really embrace his music and the things that he's really really into which is fine but like it's always like no one else has interests outside the streets but him you know and that's what makes him like everything kind of centers around him and no one else really feels like they have autonomy really that they're a part of the streets except him. And he even has that thing where like he goes out to somewhere in Carolina was North or South Carolina. And he has that different experience where like, you know, he's trying to find him like he I guess was getting into some trouble they take him out somewhere and like he's like having these experiences that somehow like enhance his ability to you know kind of understand more about class and like where his people are from kind of thing like this happens a whole lot in these sorts of stories and you know it can work but you know I don't know if the way it was done here is as potent as it could be Mm, I can kind of see what you're saying, but based off the world that he's in, he's actually not so exceptional. Maybe to the audience, he might come off that way, but in the narrative, he's considered to be kind of a loser. 
You know what I'm saying? Especially in, in, in connection to his brother. Now, he does have a little come up in, you know, later on in the last, last couple of episodes. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the brother gets arrested. And so he finds another way to make money. And he, he does that by selling weed to um, white boys in Wall Street. Mm-hmm. So he pretty much wound up making just as, maybe not as much money as they were making cocaine, but he found a way around it. But I don't I don't know if it's so much that they build him up to be this exceptional Negro, but just somebody that because they all have seemed to have some type of interest, at least to an extent in things outside of hood stuff. Like they they at least appreciate like they it seemed like all of them corrupt, first off. <laughs> Or just, mm-hmm. just mess around with it and some something like that. Just like we saw with um Shy, you know, he yeah. he just finished doing the drive by, but he still got time to flow. And um, I don't know if y'all seen this one episode. I don't know which episode it is, but they had like a um, what do you call it? A cipher? No, nah, it was like a it was like a contest. And so um, and Eric and Rakim was there, and so. It was was like and, and pretty much the, the winner would win like forty thousand or something like that. This shit sounds like Forrest Gump now, but keep going. So anyway, they um they all by themselves had rapped or whatever. And they all did pretty good by themselves. But then when the Rizzle went up there, he started rapping some weird shit about a baby and the fetus and just all this other weird stuff. And people was like looking and they was like booing them and shit. And so mm-hmm. he came to the conclusion after the fact that they're better together. So it's kind of like I can see it in a way like he's kind of like the glue that's going to have to get them together and get them to all realize it. It's just Mm -hmm. I think all have their own separate dreams. But it's just, of course, we're seeing more of his because I'm I'm, I feel like they're he's portrayed to be the main character throughout this show. Okay, Mm -hmm. I I definitely see that as the story of the Wu-Tang Clan and even like any kind of creative enterprise I've ever been involved in, I always kind of want to be like, why don't we be like the Wu-Tang Clan? We're like, <laughs> we'll, all, we'll all come together and have like one central thing and we'll do something together like every three years, but then we'll all do our solo stuff, but it'll all be kind of similar. Yeah, it's like Marvel superheroes before. It's, that's pretty much what it's like. Like when you think of comic book heroes, they're yeah. pretty good by themselves, but when you put them together, it's like, damn, you know? The draw of the show... You would think, like, if, if I'm coming to you and I'm saying, like, Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang, the draw of the show really is supposed to be the music, you would think. But right. early on, like, the draw is not the music. It's like a crime drama, kind of. And, I don't know, it's kind of weird, because I don't, I don't, I'm not sure why they decide to center so much of the stuff around the thing surrounding the music. Like, the music is kind of why I'm there. Like, I, I do get that, like, the legend of how they became what they became and doing things in the streets is supposed to be an allure in itself, too. But, you know, like, the show centers around the legend and not, like, what what the legend created, if that makes sense. I mean, it's, yeah. it's Riz's show. Like, he is writing the show and executive producing the show and so I think it focuses on him and his central role. And I th- I do think he is the glue. I mean, I think it's justifiable that he's at the center of it. Um, so, yeah, I kind of understand the way that he structures it and sees it from his point of view. Uh, it's, it's hard because, like the Wu-Tang Clan itself, there are some members who are just more 
interesting than others, I'm sorry to say. It, it may be like fine wine. Like I just don't know the music well enough or have the, have the knowledge to like appreciate everybody in the Wu-Tang Clan equally. But, 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 I guess, but I guess that's part of the question, though, right? Like, so the music should be the draw, though, right? Not the, the drug trafficking. Do you see what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. Like, there are so, like, okay, so obviously, the, for example, if you look at what happened with Ray in that film, I mean, like, the performances obviously really, really matter, but the creative creators behind the scene were very much interested in structuring the story in such a way that his journey as a musician, they, they knew that that's what we cared about. I mean, obviously the, the other stuff behind it is very interesting and carries a lot of that film. And, and but the thing is by saying that the, the music, because like the, the drama is heightened through the music well, excuse me, I should say the music is heightened by the drama, like because they, they inform one another. And that's not necessarily true here the way it's it's happening, at least early on. Like it's just kind of like things sporadically occur. Yeah. And then like they do stuff, but like it feels like this it's feel like you're watching different things happening, like when you get the show in in the in the music pieces, like they feel like they're not in concert to me. Well, like the rule of a musical, right, is that you always have the music reflecting the emotions that are going on with the characters. So when you're watching Rocket Man, when you see Elton John like first start to get really good at the piano and start to break out, he's playing Saturday Night It's a Ride for Fighting, and it shows like, oh, he's coming up in all these rough and tumble bars, and then he'll like have other moments where, you know, a beautiful moment happens and he's playing kind, Tiny Dancer, and it's sort of like it's a musical. I mean, that's a right, like, like on the nose musical. Or like when when Divine gets locked up, Riz is just doing what he normally does. Like it's not like he's more furiously like trying to put together some music. Like there are moments where like he's playing music. Like Divine actually, there's this moment that's really interesting in episode two, right before he gets locked up, where I forgot what song he was playing, but it definitely like Divine picked up on what. So Riz is playing the song. They're all sitting together at dinner, and he and uh, Riz puts his song on the record player. And everybody's kind of like, oh, yeah, I like this song, blah, 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 blah. And, like, Divine, you, you could, like, see him kind of tensing up, like, are you going to play this song, huh? And he kicks everybody else out, and he's like, no, you need to start treating this serious. Like, music is music. You need to wake up from this dream. And I thought that was really, it was a really well-done moment. But, like, they don't, most of the time, like, have RZA's, like, emotion being poured into what he's doing. Like, I mean, he's just doing it because it's, like, habitual, but it's, like, you don't feel that passion or that frustration of him trying to, like, struggle and get out of the street by using his music. It's, like, he's just doing it because it's habitual and it's something he enjoys, but, it, like, that that passion and that frustration and that will to get out isn't, like, it's not omnipresent when he's doing the music and it makes it feel disjointed to me. Cause I mean, we've seen that done well so many other places that to have that missing here when, when it's like there's ample opportunity to do it, it, and it would be really impactful. It just, it just feels like missed opportunities. You know, I think you, I think you really hit on something there and why I've kind of bailed out on the show or why I just wasn't that excited to keep watching is kind of dynamics. Like, it doesn't have a lot of highs and lows. I mean, it starts off really splashy, and I can't tell you how many times I've Googled, did Raekwon really shoot up Ghostface House? Um, 
and I keep hoping somebody will write that article, Refinery29, please write the article. But after that, it's just kind of murky. There's not a lot of breakthrough moments where you're like, oh, this is going to be important later. Like somebody says the word cream, and I'm like, oh, cream, that's going to come up later. But it isn't like... <laughs> the show like stubbornly like refuses to have anybody like go like, we got to get that cream, and then like look at the camera and like wink or something. Like it, or even like play like a little trill of like do 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 do. Like it won't give you anything. It doesn't give you any hints whatsoever of like here's a little 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 bit of it. But it's it's like Easter eggs. There's I feel like there's very few Easter eggs. They're there, but they're like I, yeah, I don't know. Ghostface is talking about Iron Man. Watch um some more episodes because it does get to a point where you see characters trying to do more of like similar to what Riz are doing and and have that as an outlet, but then other things start to happen in them in their lives, especially with with um Ghostface Killer's character or young Ghostface Killer Dennis. Mm-hmm. So I mean there's a little bit of it, but I do agree that especially with a show based off musicians, you expect to see a little bit more of the rapping. It's kind of like watching um I remember watching Get Rich or Die Trying. Mm-hmm. I remember the first thing I thought was like, this is actually better than I thought it would be. And, yeah. And I kind of felt the same way about yeah, it. Yeah, because it does a great job using the music. Right, right. Like, the way that it used the music. Like, you still got the hood shit. You still got all of that kind of, like, rags the riches. But then you never really see him just kind of get out of it. You just kind of... Or even hustle and flow, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Good example, but you but you feel the music and you feel them kind of going through it with the music and it fits. And I don't know because this is a series, maybe it's different and they're trying to build up to it. And I can I can kind of so I don't know if you guys get this, but I'm a, I'm assuming the overarching theme and the, the thing that Riz are trying to tell in this story is that although people can be from two different neighborhoods or gangs or size of the track or whatever music can actually bring people together. Or like if we put our differences to, to the side and get together and do more creative endeavors, we can do great things. And it, I think because when you think about it, everybody that's a, that essentially becomes a part of Wu-Tang, they really beefing with each other. Mm-hmm. Except for Rizzo. But Rizzo is the glue and the friends of every last one of them or associate to every last one of them. Or even like um, who's but, uh, who's the um, shotgun who was essentially Method Man? I don't know if y'all came across his character. He yeah. wants to rap just like Rizzo, and mm-hmm. so he has he has somebody like you know Shotgun that wants to do it. Everybody else reluctant, and then everybody else feels the type of way because he's friends with this person who is essentially this guy's enemy. But but the, but that's the thing. Like I, I just want to see because what you're speaking to that that's the part I'm interested in. I don't really care about all the drug trade shit. It's just not to like you could cut out so many scenes I saw in the first two episodes and it'd be totally fine. Like I don't necessarily need to see them meeting up with the dude who bringing the keys <coughs> all the way to the boroughs. Like that's not particularly important to me. I want to see what makes them passionate about the music. Like, once they get the product, it's like, whatever, cool. Um, and kind of do a few moment things with that. But, like, it, it just feel like we're, we're, like, 
just like running in circles for, for so much time, just trying to like emphasize a certain element of danger. But like, that's not make, I mean, like we see that in a bunch of shows, like it's not particularly important and it's not the strongest suit of the show. Like to me, that's what, that's what I meant. Like those parts have to be excellent for me to be super invested in them, knowing that really at the end of the day, I know what the conclusion is, which is that these dudes don't become drug kingpins. They become like a world renowned hip hop group. Yeah. And and also what I noticed, too, is a lot of the characters that are in the dope game in the story, they're usually um, following up behind someone else. So pretty much because mm. because so so Dennis, who is Ghostface, works for Divine. Right. Divine. Um, Divine has a beef with power. So therefore, mm-hmm. Dennis feel like he has beef with power. Shaw right. works for power, so therefore he feels like he has beef with Dennis. Right. So if you take the two people that's in power out of the way of the people that they follow, they really don't have any beef with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, outside of like, you know, shooting in my house and stuff, you know. And I and I think I think that this this show would have probably done better as a movie. Okay. Yeah. That way we can get all that we want out of it. It could have told the same story without trying to spread it out through I guess maybe an eight episode series. I don't know how many episodes we get in. But I think that's why we get so much of this dope stuff, so much of this stuff first to kind of build up to when they do become close enough to form a group. So I guess the question I have for you guys uh, as we start to wrap it up, um, what stories from hip hop do you feel like would be done well, adapted to Maybe not even like a, a limited TV series format, movie format. What story do you think would be good on on some kind of screen, big or small? Cash Money. Oh yes, great story. Mm-hmm. Um, I do this other podcast called Shoot This Now that I promote on this podcast every week because I'm a monster. But we did an episode. <laughs> we did an episode with a dude in Boston named Dart Adams who wrote an yeah. excellent piece about the history of Fight the Power and how the success of it and the attention that it brought them really broke up Public Enemy and then brought Public Enemy back together. And I think that's an incredible story that I would really like to see. And after, Is anybody going to do that? How can they not? I feel like Fight the Power is like one of the most beloved songs ever. And I feel like everyone would, swat, would go to that movie the same way that everybody went straight out of Compton. I mean, I feel like there's such a huge built-in audience. And... I don't know. I don't know why people wouldn't go see that. There's so much drama. I mean, I guess because it like Spike Lee is a prominent character, it would be a little bit weird to see a movie with somebody who's not Spike Lee playing Spike Lee. But I don't know. The, I would say it might be the, too meta. I knew. I know you could call the movie because I forget you guys did say that like Fight the Power would be the name of the movie. I would say you could if you wanted the alternate title could be um, Elvis was a straight up racist. <laughs> <laughs> the line in the, in the song. You're like, oh, you'll get people to watch it then. Uh, and the Cash Money uh, movie could just be called Cash Money. I mean, that that story's still being told. Baby's still stealing money from people. Uh, Same. <laughs> I, I I feel like VH1 or somebody must have done the Suge Knight story, but that's an amazing story. Like I that probably that for sure. Be um, a really good one. I mean, the history of the Ghetto Boys is incredible. We talked about that a little bit uh, on another Shoot This Now podcast. Um, we also talked about C. Dolores Tucker being a really good story. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's she's fascinating. And 
you know, I really don't. I think most people don't even know her whole crusade against hip hop in the early 90s and what she considered kind of degenerate pop culture at the time. I mean, it, it's really interesting. And it, it and I mean, she might have had more points than we realized. Actually. I know, because at the time I was like, yeah, like you're just trying to censor people. That's ridiculous. And now when I like look back at, at it through like a Me Too lens, I'm like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't say that stuff in like every song I liked when I was a kid. So Ooh. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. It's tricky. It's it's not easy. And like, has there never been a Run DMC movie? Like, no. That's insane. Far as I know, um, I mean, there's so many stories that just have not been told yet, and I'm really, dude. I, I the, don't know. We also did this one on the podcast. The Takashi Six Nine movie is going to be ridiculous. Yo, they have yo, to make that. Yo, that, oh, this this week was great. Well, last week was it last week? He was, he was like outing everybody. It was did so you, funny. Did you I'm see not... the meme when they said um, where they had his face on the screen and it said uh, Peter Parker is Spider Man? Yep. <laughs> there was there was there was one where the judge is like the meme is like, all right, anything else? And he like shouts it and it's all caps and he's like, on House Hunters, they've already bought the house before they even go on the episode. <laughs> did y'all see the Jesus one where they had no. that supper and uh-huh. Jesus like one of you will betray me and they got Takashi 6 9 sitting at the table oh my god I gotta send it to y'all <laughs> oh. funny. Oh. so people at church sent that to me I said y'all wrong for that <laughs> that's a cool that was oh me. man like but, but for real where's he gonna hide I mean like Without I mean, them tattoos. Oh, I'm saying, like... I ain't had the tattoos, he's a trouble, but the hair might have been the most genius thing ever because everybody's just like, what does he look like? Oh, he has, like, rainbow hair. If he just, like, cut his hair and just had, like, a buzz cut and didn't have all the tattoos, I wouldn't uh, know what he looked like. Hey, y'all seen that Desus and Meryl sketch on uh, on Takashi 69 No. It's genius. Oh, it's so good. I don't want to ruin it, but it's like him trying to work at a... Uh, <laughs> like, in, in a call center. <laughs> And it's, it's, yeah, it doesn't work out. Um, it's pretty funny. But uh, yeah, so you know what? If y'all made it this far, thank you so much. Um, we, <laughs> this episode was goofy. Um, I mean, and, and at the end of the day, I really feel like this show is worth taking a, a look at. I, I do think there's some things that they probably could execute a little bit better. And, and at the same time, I think there are a lot of things the show does well. It's just they really is an audience member going for when they do more shows like this i hope they they remember the music is why we here. i mean the, the legendary stuff the the stuff surrounding them like when they do the jay-z story i hope this the whole story isn't just about like him selling bricks i want to see some of it though i want to see some of it <laughs> but like i don't want 80 percent of the show to be that like i want to see him like Writing stuff on the napkin, they be like, I don't need no napkin. And just, you know, memorizing the whole thing, the legend of him like never having to like write down anything and then meeting big and meeting, you know, um, Big Daddy Kane and like these people who up and come up. Like, I care about the music. And, you know, there's these stories in his book he wrote about how he went out to Europe, almost signed a deal, and then ended up not doing that. And then when he did that, it just so happened that the cops were coming to look for him. And if he hadn't been out in Europe, he would have been locked up for like years. Stuff like that. Just lies. Yeah, I mean, completely <laughs> just by accident, you know, end up 
getting lucky and, and not going to jail because he on the spur of the moment went to Europe on on some music stuff. And if he hadn't, he would have been in jail for a long time, and we never would know who the hell Sean Carter. Is. Like I said, for the most part, I enjoyed the show. I plan on watching some more of it. Um, hopefully, we get more into the hip hop part of it and um, drop some of this other stuff, which, like I said, is cool. It adds to it, but um, ready, ready to get to the music. Anyway, right. and Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to f with, so certainly not. Right. So, hey, y'all made it this far. We appreciate you. Please share the podcast with a friend. And if you feel like it, all over social media, uh, you can catch us most Fridays. We, we try to be pretty consistent about that. Most Fridays. Well, I blew it last week, everybody. It's on me. That's all right. You know what? You know what? But we've been leaning on you as an engineer, giving you a lot of responsibility. We're going we gonna to try to <laughs> help you out a little more on that. Um, but you know what? You can check us out, though, on several different platforms, including Spotify, Apple Music, um, I say Apple Music, Apple Podcasts. Um, we're on Google Play, several other joints. Um, also, make sure you check out the Shoot This Now podcast, which has now been um, brought up about 15 times. But listen to it. It's a great, great, great podcast about all <laughs> kinds of stuff. Uh, also, check out Keith's um Merchandise on Coffee and Namaste for all your coffee and tea mug needs. Did we mention our social media sites? We're on Instagram and Facebook. We did not. Yeah, so be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Low Key Pod. Um, what were you going to say, Tim? I was going to recommend everybody check out Meanwhile in the Multiverse, Aaron and Keith's excellent podcast that they haven't done a new episode in a little while, but maybe if enough people click on there, they will feel the pressure and uh, the Multiverse back. <laughs> Like Man, two years, two years ago, a uh, retro podcast at this point. I mean, like the, the feed's still up. Maybe we'll we'll find a reason to do it. But I think both of us uh, kind of yeah, just we need to find some happy topics. Man, that that ended up being the, the issue. Not a whole lot of fun things to talk about lately. Uh, but we'll we'll find a way. We'll find a way. One day we'll, we'll do it. We'll, we'll surprise the people with some. Uh, but. You know what? Until next time, we're going. Oh, you know what? Are we doing uh, the surprise show from Amazon next week? Is that the thing we're doing? Yeah. Are we doing it? All right. I'm ready. Well, all right. So, really cool show that apparently is really mind bending. I recommended it, and these suckers and started watching it before me, so I'm going to have to catch up. And uh, we're yeah, talking, be a lot of, fun. of course, about the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're talking about Undone. <laughs> We're all excited about Undone. Which, but you know, that show's won two straight uh, Emmys, right? For com- comedy? Uh, won last year and la- and last night uh, Fleaba- Fleabag won. We're recording this today. Oh, Fleabag won. Okay, Fleabag okay. is the shit. Fleabag is really good. I need to watch Fleabag. So maybe we'll do that one time too. But uh, anyway, uh, get ready for that next week. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll, we're going to watch as much of that as we can. So we'll see. Everybody's busy. <laughs> cool. Lots going on. Well, we'll catch y'all on the next one, and we appreciate you, and uh, see you soon. We out. Peace. Peace.